Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. This quote from The Princess Bride is one of my favorites, and one that my husband Jordan often recites when I'm struggling with what the young people call first world problems. You know what I'm talking about. When the sushi restaurant sends the wrong roll in your Uber Eats order, or when the high-speed Wi-Fi is out on the airplane that day, or worst of all, when you really want a mimosa, but the only orange juice you have to mix with your champagne has pulp in it. It's when I'm whining about something folks 50 years ago would never whine about that my husband looks me in the eye, smiles ever so slightly, and does his best Wesley impression. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. And while that line makes me chuckle and realize I'm being just slightly ridiculous, many of us have had lives, or at least segments of our lives, where that quote has rung true. Life can be painful. The human experience is often one of struggle, or loneliness, or frustration. This experience tends to be so universal, the Buddhists have adopted suffering as a part of living as their first noble truth. And even when we are the chosen people of God like Joseph, bad things will still happen. The story of Joseph is the longest story in Genesis. Joseph was born to Rachel, Jacob's favorite wife, later in Jacob's life. Jacob did not try to hide that Joseph was his favorite son and made him a coat of many colors. Or, if you're an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan, an amazing Technicolor dream coat. Joseph did nothing to hide Jacob's favoritism. Not only that, but as soon as we meet Joseph, we find out he's a tattletale. He's making bad reports about his brothers to his dad. Joseph was kind of a jerk, and that doesn't go over so well with his brothers. So when Joseph shows up one day, telling them about a set of dreams he had that basically showed that one day his entire family would bow down and worship him, it did nothing to help the relationship. Humility, or even discretion, were not Joseph's stronger personality traits. We shouldn't really be surprised when Joseph's brothers see the opportunity to remove a snitch and a brown noser and take it. They see him coming from afar and decide to make their move. Apparently, 17 years of always watching your younger brother get the bigger piece of pie can really take a toll on your psyche, especially when he starts bragging about having dreams that star him as the hero. Reuben, the eldest son of Jacob and one of my favorite sandwiches, acts like a good older brother should. He convinces the brothers to throw Joseph in a pit rather than killing him directly. We hear in the lectionary that Reuben planned on coming back later to get Joseph and bring him back to Jacob. And I'm sure Reuben hoped a little time out might make Joseph slightly more humble as well. 
But we hear today that things don't go according to Reuben's plan. After throwing Joseph in the pit, the brothers sit down to eat lunch, when all of a sudden, who should pass by but slavers? So what do they do? They sell Joseph to the slavers for 20 pieces of silver. Mic drop. That's where the story ends. But this betrayal is just the beginning of Joseph's suffering, none of which we will hear about in the lectionary. So let me fill in the story just a little bit. Joseph will be sold as a slave in Egypt. He will go to serve in the house of Potiphar, the head of the guards of Pharaoh. Potiphar took a shine to Joseph and made him an overseer in the household. But unfortunately, Potiphar's wife also took a shine to Joseph, who was described as being both handsome and good-looking. When Joseph refused to know her in the biblical sense, Potiphar's wife claimed that Joseph had attempted to lie with her in order to get him punished. Potiphar, feeling betrayed by the slave he trusted, then had Joseph thrown in Pharaoh's prison, where Joseph remained for a very long time. Sometimes, especially in the Old Testament, we have to look incredibly hard to find God in these stories. It can be tempting to look at the Bible with a literary lens and go, well, this part just advances the plot. But there are reasons each and every story we read on Sunday morning is scriptural. It tells us something about God. We just have to fight to find it. Sometimes we have to fight just as hard to find God in our own lives, especially when, like Joseph, we find ourselves in pain, betrayed, We're just flat-out suffering. I'm sure Joseph spent many a night wondering where God was as he rotted in prison, unfairly enslaved, and accused of a crime he did not commit. And it's times like these we have to look for the grace. When I was a child, I loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And as an adult, I still watch it on Amazon Prime especially when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or sad. Something about his dulcet tones and the sound of smooth jazz in the background has a way of soothing my soul better than a Xanax. So when Fred Rogers' wife published a book of quotes, I quickly devoured a copy. One of my favorite quotes from Mr. Rogers has more recently been showing up in memes around the Internet. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Fred Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister who never set foot inside the altar rail. And Fred Rogers preached biblical truth without ever having to mention God. But what he is pointing to in this quote is what today's scripture is all about. It can be easy to focus on the bad, the betrayal, the hurt. Sometimes we really have to work to see God's grace in our life. It is pointed out multiple times throughout Joseph's story that God is with Joseph. 
However, a quick overview of his story arc sure wouldn't reveal that to the casual observer. But decades later, as Joseph sat around with Pharaoh over a round of beers, I'm sure Joseph could see God's grace. Reuben ensured Joseph wasn't killed. The brothers sold him to slavers when they could have just left him to die in the pit. Potiphar had him imprisoned with a chief jailer who was kind to Joseph and treated him well. And finally, God caused other prisoners to dream dreams, which only Joseph could interpret, leading to his eventual release in order to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. While I wouldn't go as far to say that Joseph being enslaved was all part of God's plan, we can find multiple places in the story where God intervened in order to make something beautiful out of the mess. We will all go through periods of darkness and pain. The world is a scary place. Pandemics drag on, leaving lasting damage to our health and our community. Accidents happen, changing our lives in an instant. Malicious people sow division. Wildfires rage. Our brothers betray us into slavery. But God makes marvelous things out of our suffering. Joseph doesn't spend his life rotting away in a jail cell. Without spoiling the Old Testament reading for next week, God takes the worst part of Joseph's life and transforms it into a miracle that saves his family and the future nation of Israel. The story of Joseph doesn't just end with him in slavery. Much like Joseph, Jesus knew suffering too. Jesus knew what it was to be betrayed by a friend. Jesus knew what it was to be abandoned by those he loved. And Jesus knew what it was to die a slow, agonizing, painful death. But also, like in the story of Joseph, suffering does not succeed. Death does not win. Evil does not triumph. God transforms a painful, humiliating, lonely death into new life. Not just for Jesus, but for all of us as well. Because of God's grace, death on the cross is not where Jesus' story ends. And our stories go on as well. Some periods in our life will be dark. We will be betrayed. We will be abandoned. We will not feel like we can go on. And we can lose any sense of hope. But God isn't done with us yet. We cannot give up on ourselves because God has not given up on us. Just like with Joseph, just like with Jesus, God can take our pain and our suffering and transform it, whether in this world or the next. We just hope when we sit back one day with our pint of beer or our pulpless mimosa, we can look back on the darkest and most painful parts of our lives and have the wisdom to see God's grace at work. Amen.